0: what is going on this is your man l jamal coming through with another edition of course never out of bounds this is the place we can say what you want as long as you got them facts uh well there's a lot of competition that we just witnessed this whole weekend from college football to the nfl all the way to of course the election so we're gonna talk about all this competition all these battles hence you know the battle music. We got to get into that mode. Uh, so we, like I said, we're gonna be going over some college football, all the scores from the top twenty-five this weekend. Some upsets, uh, to say the least. We got some Pac-12 action to talk about. Uh, we also got the new top twenty-five to go over as well. Uh, as far the NFL is concerned, no, no real news to discuss per se. Uh, just a little highlights from these games that we need to go over. And of course, I'll just be going over part one. Of the U.S. Selection 2020 of the continuous topic because, of course, it ain't over. It definitely ain't over. Um, and of course, I plan on just kind of giving you a rundown of what the future projects are. Uh, you kind of already got an idea, uh, but uh, more so for the podcast, um, for the podcast side of things, what I got planned, and uh, we're gonna go over that. So let's just go ahead and get into it of course with some college football uh we're gonna start off like i said with the scores we got number 25 liberty getting it done with uh getting it done in there within a well i wouldn't say these two are just rivals yet but they are you know within the same state that being liberty and virginia tech uh somewhat of a upset for liberty uh Although you might say, well, why if Liberty is a ranked team? Um, they're one of the best 25 teams, and Virginia Tech is not. Uh, well, for one, I think this is probably one of the first times for one I've ever seen them on these rankings. I would have to do some more research. I don't think they've been playing in the FBS I'll be it for that long. Uh, this has got to be their second, maybe third season. If I'm being honest with you, I haven't, I don't follow all the FCS teams. And so some of them do kind of prop up out of nowhere, um, on the big side of things on, in the big leagues, uh, in terms of college football on me sometimes. So this was one of those ones I had no real idea. They've been playing in the FBS. So I'd have to do a little bit more research, uh, on them specifically and what they've been doing so far. Uh, but I believe they're in the Sunbelt, uh, conference if I'm not mistaken again I will get back to you more um, as long as they stay within the rankings I'll talk some more about them um so like I said, so it's a kind of an upset because, again, they've never really shown up on the top 25 before. Uh, again, this is a relatively new team to the FBS, and Virginia Tech has, uh, you know, put out some strong talent, of course, that being Michael Vick. Others, uh, to say the least, Logan Thomas, who actually plays tight end right now, he came out of there as a quarterback. Uh, but just kind of just goes to show you a little bit more talent coming out of there, of course. Uh, I'm pretty sure those of you who are who are college football fans who know, or who know just about, you know, little bit about college football, know about Virginia Tech, so it's one of those names, so it's a, it's a minor upset here, again, uh, but that's just what we're starting off with on Saturday, uh, number 18, we got number 18 SMU getting it done against Temple, 47-23 uh, to 23 was the final score here, another major upset to talk about, Not again, not necessarily in the sake of, again, because We have a number 13 team beating a number 23 team, uh, that being Indiana, the number 13 team, beating Michigan, who's number 23. It's more so in the sense that, of course, Michigan was the brand name. I don't think anybody came in here, uh, even, you know, despite Indiana having the high ranking, uh, having uh, nobody had them as a favorite. I know I didn't. Um, I kind of was not necessarily sure where to go. I can kind of see why now. Uh, but I for sure I know for a fact I didn't have Indiana winning this game, uh, but they get it done 38 to 21. That's the final score here. Uh, Indiana remains undefeated. They hold on to that number 13 spot. They might even moved up. But, of course, uh, we'll get to that in just a second when we get into the uh, the new rankings. Uh, Michigan moves down to one and two uh, for Michigan's they for Michigan. They were led by Joe Milton. Uh, he would have he would go 18 to 34. For 344 yards, he would have three touchdowns, but he would have two interceptions as well. Hassan Haskins, uh, only 19 rushing yards from him. Uh, The Wolverines as a whole unit would just have 29. um, Yes, just 29 rushing yards, period. Uh, now, wide receiver Roddy Bell will be the leading receiver with six catches, 149 yards, and also a touchdown. And wide receiver Cornelius Johnson uh, would have four catches, 482 yards, and a touchdown. And defensive Brad Hawkins uh, will be your leading receiver here. Uh, I believe he would have, uh, sorry, your leading tackler here. I believe he had about six tackles altogether. Uh, moving on to Indiana, Michael Penix Jr., P-E-N-I-X, Okay. Be mature, guys. Michael Penix Jr. I, mean, I wish there was an H there, just to just just so people wouldn't be so goofy about it. I know, I know, he got roasted as a kid. I know it sucks. That's a that's a really interesting last name. I have a really interesting first name, so I get it. And a whole a whole name period that's interesting. So I I personally get it. Thirty or fifty for him. Three hundred forty-two yards, three touchdowns, and more importantly, the upset win. And like I said, um. Indiana did come in here as a higher-ranked team, but nobody really had. It. Again, uh, I know I said the other day that it, actually Michigan was still the favorite by three points. And, I again, I didn't really have a favorite in this game, to be honest with you. But, again, it's, it's still an upset for Indiana. Indiana pulled it off uh, against a team that, again— was supposed to be better than them. That's just was the thought coming into the game. That's it. Stevie Scott would have 97 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the re- leading receiver uh, for the Hoosiers would be Ty Frygoyle. Again, another very interesting last name. Frygoyle. Wow. Seven receptions, 142 yards, and a touchdown. Imagine getting murked by a guy named Frygoyle. Wow. who Miles Marshall and tight end Peyton Hendershot God damn Hendershot Receiving touchdowns as well Who are some interesting last names Boy oh boy But again My name is L. Jamal Johnny Finnegan Butler So Who am I to talk Right (sighs) Pfft Defensive back Reese Taylor would be the leading tackler for the Hoosiers. Seven total tackles from him, and he would get a sack from the DB position. Again, it was just Indiana's day. If you're getting a sack from the DB, like, come on. He's he's coming out from the secondary. If you're getting a sack from somebody in the secondary, your defense is just clicking. Um, Yeah, Uh, Defensive back Devin Matthews would have five total tackles and an interception to help out as well. Uh, We have some Pac-12 action. Uh, We have number 20. USC, they got it done against Arizona State uh, last night or, you know, at this point it will be a couple of days from now, depending on when you're listening to this, um, listening to me on Monday. And that's okay. Don't worry. I'm not holding you to anything. Don't worry. Just give me your support. Thank you. No, I'm just saying. It just depends on when you listen to it. That's, you know. For Arizona State, uh, they got help from Jaden Daniels, eleven. Well, I wouldn't even call it help, 11 or 23 134 yards and a touchdown, but he We would lead the Sun Devils in rushing off with 111, so you got that. Uh Diamante Treyanum no, Traian, ah, I, Traianum, I'm I'm hoping that's how you pronounce him, and if not, I'm going to have to hear him say it one time. I have to hear him on TV or on, in, somewhere, look him up on YouTube or something with him talking and saying his name or something. Cause, that's ridiculous. 84 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Forgive me if I butchered your name, because forgive me. Uh, we got Rashad White with uh, three receptions and 70 yards and a touchdown. And the uh, defensive back Evan Fields would have 17 total tackles. And linebacker Merlin Robertson would have 10 total tackles and a sack as well. Now, for the Trojans, they were led by quarterback Keaton Slovis. He would go 40 of 55 for 381 yards. Two touchdowns, but he would throw a pick. Marquis Step was a leading rusher. He would have 53 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Stephen Carr would have a rushing touchdown as well. Drake London would have eight receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown. This is a name I actually like right here. Amon, oh sorry, Amon Ra St. Brown. Mm. that's a that's a that's a powerful name right there. Seven receptions, 100 yards. Bruce. Bruce so I think that, yeah, Bruce McCoy would have a receiving touchdown as well. In terms of defense, the Trojans were led by safety Talanoa Hufanga. Ten total tackles from him. I know I got that right. I know I got that one. And defensive lineman Marlon. Here we go. Uh, Tipulotu. Lut- Tipu Come on, man. Fuck with me. If I if I got it wrong, just somebody let me know. My Pacific Islanders, Polynesians, let me know. But I'm going to try Eight total tackles and a sack, and that's all out of love, y'all. So Trojans get it done in their first uh their first Pac-12 outing. Um again we know about Cal. They got cancelled. I think Utah and Arizona got canceled as well. So uh we did get something. Uh, moving on, we're go, uh, gonna go to the Big 12. Number 22, Texas gets it done against West Virginia, 17 to 13. Number 16, Marshall gets it done against UMass, 51 to 10. We got number 19 getting an easy win. Uh, Oklahoma gets an easy win against Kansas, 62 to 9. We got uh, number six, Cincinnati blowing out Houston, 38 to 10. An SEC matchup, prime time, uh in the world's largest cocktail party. That's what they call it down there on the Florida-Georgia line. Don't don't come at me. This is actually what they call the rivalry game, the world's largest cocktail party, and they play it every year in Tallahassee. This is what they do down south. They love their football number 8 Florida gets it done against number 5 Georgia 44 to 28 is the final score Uh, the Gators move on on to 4 and 1 the Bulldogs sit at 4 and 2 for Florida they were led by quarterback uh, Kyle Trask he would go 30 or 43 for 474 yards he would throw for 4 touchdowns he would have an interception but uh, didn't really make too much of a difference. Uh, Damian Pierce will lead the way on the ground with 52 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, Malik Davis, uh, their wide receiver start, start standout wide receiver uh, five receptions and 100 yards Tight ends Kyle Pitts and Kim Moore Gamble would have a receiving touchdowns. And wide receivers uh, Justin Shorter and Trayvon Grimes would have receiving touchdowns as well. On defense, the Gators were led by Sean Davis. He'd have three total tackles and in an interception. And also defensive back Amari Burney would have an interception as well. For Georgia, uh, the Bulldogs again, they got another just terrible start from Stetson Bennett. 5 or 16 from him, 78 yards. He would throw a touchdown, but he would have an interception again. He just hasn't been able to get right. Uh, Dewan Mathis would get some uh, some action and um, not too much of a good look from him either. 4 or 13, 34 yards. He would throw a touchdown as well, but he would have two picks. Uh, Zamir White would have 107 rushing yards on just 15, or actually on 15. Over 15 yards per carry, and he would have a touchdown. Rob receivers Kieras Jackson and also uh, Marcus Roseney would have receiving touchdowns. And on defense, uh, the Bulldogs got help from uh, Nicobe Dean. The linebacker will go on to have 15 total tackles. Moving on, we're going back to the Big 12 with number 14 Oklahoma getting the two-point win over Kansas State, 20 to 18. We got number seven. Texas A&M getting it done against South Carolina, 48 to three. We also got uh, Rutgers here taking a, a blowout loss to number three Ohio State, 47 to 29. That's the final score. We got Ohio, uh, sorry Iowa State uh, holding on to their ranking. I believe they're at number 17, uh, getting it done against Baylor, 38 to 31. We also finally we got Coastal Carolina. Well, we're near the, we're near the end of the college football scores. Uh, for number 15 Coastal Carolina gets it done against South. Alabama's twenty-three to six. Uh, and again, we have another Pac-12 matchup. This is the pi- the prime time matchup, of course, the one that I was looking at. Number eleven Oregon gets it done against Stanford, thirty-five to ten. Of course, uh, Ducks get their first win. Stanford uh, starts off the season with a loss. Uh, J- uh, for Stanford, Jack West, uh, he was in replacement. I can't remember their starting quarterback's name right now, but he was in replacement for their starter. Uh, he would go thirteen of nineteen under center. He would have one hundred and fifty-four yards no touchdowns no interceptions uh tanner mckee will lead the way uh he would oh actually tanner mckee would also get some time at quarterback as well excuse me uh three of seven three of seven for 62 yards oh david mills i have it written here written down here uh david mills their starting quarterback was out he did test positive for covid so there you go. Austin Jones will lead the way for the Cardinal on the ground. He would have a he would have a hundred yards, and we have two touchdowns. Nathan Pete would have ninety-three rushing yards, and wide right receiver uh, Simi Fajoko would have a, a receiving touchdown. For linebacker Curtis Robinson, uh, he would lead the way for the Stanford Cardinal on defense. He would have six total tackles. Now for Oregon, uh, Tyler Show will get the start. I believe he's an in-state product. Um, yeah, I think he is from from uh somewhere in Oregon. Uh, 17 and 26 for him, 226 uh through the air. Ten, to, uh, sorry, a touchdown. Uh, but he would throw an interception. He would be the team's second leading rusher though. He would have 85 yards on the ground. He would have a touchdown. C.J. Verdell was the team's leading rusher with 105 rushing yards. Actually, the leading rusher between both teams. Uh, 105 rushing yards from him and a touchdown. Travis Dye would have 78 yards and a touchdown. And Cyrus Abibilikio would have a rushing touchdown as well. Johnny Johnson would have four catches for 60 yards, and tight end DJ Johnson uh, would have 55 receiving yards and a touchdown. Defensive back Michael Wright would have five total tackles, and linebacker Noah Sewell were going to have four total tackles. And uh, in the big game of the night, finally, uh, Clemson, they go down in a blaze of glory. Two overtimes to Notre Dame. Notre Dame you finally have my respect. I'm going to quit talking shit about y'all. You finally did it. 40 to 47 is the final score. Notre Dame remains undefeated at eight, sorry, eight no. Uh pro, I think let me make sure. There's 7 and 0 or 8. Uh, let's make sure. I think there's there's 7 and 0 right now. Just to make sure. Yep, there's 7 and 0. Yep. Uh, And, of course, for Clemson, this is their first loss. Again, two overtimes. Uh, I saw a game that pretty much went back and forth after a certain while. Actually, Notre Dame did have a lead at certain points in the game, and they were looked like they were going to hold on to the lead at some point too. But in the second half, it definitely got closer. But uh, let's get into the stats. DJ Ugalele in the second start will go uh, 29 of 44 for 439 yards. He would have two touchdowns in the air. He would also have a rushing touchdown. Travis 18 would just have 28 rushing yards. That just kind of shows you uh, where this game is headed, and just one touchdown wide receiver cornell powell would have six catches for 161 yards amari rogers would have eight catches for 134 yards and tight end davis allen would have a receiving touchdown one thing i will tell you is clemson got some good ass receivers i don't know what's in the water i don't know where they getting these recruits from but um yeah clemson got some good ass receivers that's all i'm gonna say uh but moving on uh on defense, they got help from linebacker bail Spector. He would have uh, seven total tackles. Linebacker Jake Venables would have five total tackles and a sack. And defensive end K.J. Henry would have a sack as well. Uh, for Notre Dame, Ian Brooke, again, definitely, um, definitely a good game from him. No mistakes. Uh, twenty-two of thirty-nine for three hundred and ten yards. He would have a touchdown. He would also be, oh, he also have sixty-four rushing yards on top of that. Kieran Williams, again, he showed up uh, despite the other running back. Uh, one hundred and forty yards from him and three touchdowns. And wide receiver Javon McKinney would be the leading receiver with five catches and one hundred and two yards. And wide receiver Avery Davis would have four catches for seventy-eight yards and a touchdown. Uh, on defense, the Fighting Irish were led by Kyle Hamilton. The safety would go on to have eight total tackles. Linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa would have a fumble recovery, a half a sack, also two tackles for loss. I think he would have seven total tackles. And uh, defensive back Nick McLeod would have two fumble recoveries. A couple takeaways from the game. Notre Dame uh, would force three total turnovers. Uh, like I said, it's a tale of two running backs in this game, Travis Etienne. Uh, pretty much a Heisman. I wouldn't say a favorite this year, but I think he would definitely be in the running. Uh, Definitely near the top of terms of what running backs have been coming into the year with Uh, just held the 28 yards and just the one touchdown, but Karen Williams uh, definitely balled out with 140 yards. He also had the three touchdowns as well. This has been the first loss for Clemson in the regular season since 2018. It could even be 2017, if I'm not mistaken. So a very, very Long time. It was a very, I guess you know, it's one of those wins that you don't see, uh, you don't expect. And um, the, you know, uh, the, st- the students took the field. They stormed the field despite all the COVID shit going on. I'm glad that that part of college football just hasn't, you know, completely gone by the wayside. I know people are gonna trip. Oh my God! No social distancing. But again, it's just one of those moments. That's what the kids on the college campus are gonna do. Uh, they stormed the field. I, I kind of, you know, I knew. I mean, I was like, damn... You know they did break the protocol, but I was like, damn. You know what? It's just one of those moments. I can't really fault them too hard. I mean, they were just in the moment. Uh, so let's move on to the top 25. Of course, we're going to be headed into week 11. Uh, we're going to start off with number 25. We got Louisiana. We're talking about from Lafayette, not LSU, not LSU. Uh, they are currently six and one on the year. Uh, they are first. Well, they are actually second in the Sun Belt. They are first in their division in that conference, though. Uh, they are 33rd in rushing. Uh, Eli Mitchell is uh, senior running back. Eli Mitchell is uh, the part, the biggest part of that. He has 502 rushing yards on the year for five touchdowns. Uh, we also got quarterback, uh, sorry, Levi Lewis. Uh, he leads the conference in passing yards with 16, uh, sorry, six, over 1600 yards. And on defense, uh, we got defensive back. Braylon Trahan. He actually leads. Well, he's tied for the leading conference, uh, lead in the conference with three interceptions. Uh, let's move on to number twenty-four. We have Auburn. They are four and two. At number twenty-three, we have a new team on the block as well. We got Northwestern. Uh, they are three and zero. Their last game was a twenty-one to three win versus Nebraska. It was feast and famers. Feast and famine for them in terms of turnovers. Uh, they gave up three of their own, but they were able to steal two. Uh, linebacker Chris uh, Bergen, who went on went on to also have nine, sorry eight, sorry eleven total tackles. Excuse me. And also defensive back Brandon Joseph would have interceptions. But the quarterback Peyton Ramsey would have two interceptions on his own, and he also give up a fumble as well. Uh, but with that win, Northwestern is currently first on top of the Big Ten. I'm pretty sure they're tied with. Um, Ohio State as well. Uh, but at number twenty-two, we have Liberty. So that, that win against Virginia Tech moved them up a few spots. We got uh, number twenty-one Texas here, uh, five and two. Uh, Liberty is seven and zero. Of course, uh, at number twenty we have USC. Of course, getting their first win. At number nineteen we have SMU at seven and one. At number eighteen we have Oklahoma here. Uh, they are five and two. At number seventeen we have Iowa State, who is five and two. Uh, we got Marshall at 16, 6 and. Uh, 15, we have Coastal Carolina, still undefeated at 7-0. Uh, they are currently leading the Sun Belt. Uh, they do have a victory over Louisiana as well. Uh, they are 14th uh, in the nation in terms of points uh, scoring defense. They only give up 16 points a game. They're also 10th in passing defense. Only give it up about 174 yards per game. They're also 15th in overall defense. Uh, and also defensive, sorry, defensive back to Jordan Strong uh, is a big part of that. He's tied. Uh, for first in the conference in, term for, in terms of interceptions, again with three. We also got defensive lineman Teron Jackson, who's also tied for first in the conference with uh, first in the conference for sacks with just six. At, uh, at number fourteen, we have Oklahoma State, who's five and one. At number thirteen, we have Wisconsin. They are one and zero. Oh. Uh, still haven't played a game yet since their victory a couple weeks ago against uh, I think it was uh, Penn State. I think it was Penn State. No, no, it was Illinois. Sorry guys. At number twelve, we have Georgia, who's four and two. At number eleven, we have Oregon course they got their first win at number 10 we have indiana yes that victory over michigan helped them out a lot and if i were michigan i'd be putting jim harbaugh on the hot seat right now i don't like a loss like that that's just my opinion at number nine we have miami here they are six and one at number eight we have byu still undefeated here at eight and no oh. at number seven we have cincinnati at six and oh Uh, Number six, we have Florida at four and one. At number five, we have Texas A&M. They are five and one. They moved up two spots since last week. They're coming off three straight wins. Uh, One of those a blowout last week, occurring at South Carolina, 48 to three. At number four, we have Clemson, uh, of course, uh, dropping three spots from their loss uh, on Saturday. We have Ohio State at number three. They are still undefeated at 3-0. Of course, we have Notre Dame here at 7-0. Still undefeated. Uh, They are number two. And then, of course, at number one, uh, we got your Alabama here. The roll-tide roll. 6-0, still undefeated. I think they are pretty much in the driver's spot in terms of their conference. I think their next biggest game is going to be against Auburn. That might be a trap game, uh, but... It kind of sucks right now if I'm Texas A&M because um, you know they're kind of on the outside looking in unless Alabama takes another loss up in, uh, before the conference championship game because I don't I don't see Texas A&M at the number five spot uh, really sniffing uh, sniffing the playoffs without without a champion conference championship appearance or when more likely for a team like that, a conference championship win. Um, and since Alabama has already beaten them already, I, they won't be, I don't think they'll be able to make it unless Alabama drops another game. Uh, so again, I, I, you know, I, I see Alabama kind of holding on to that number one spot. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, the ACC may play a championship game still um, at the end of this uh, conference season. So Notre Dame and Clemson may have a rematch So that. Still has to be determined. And then, of course, uh, you have the Big Ten. I still believe that there's going to be a conference championship game there. Uh, So, you know, Notre Dame, I don't think is, I'm sorry, Ohio State isn't out of the woods necessarily either. Uh, But I think with Michigan kind of falling apart, uh, it's almost like their only competition would kind of be Indiana at this point. So, uh, of course, we know that they're going to have to play each other at some point. Uh, So that should be an interesting matchup. But that is your top 25 going into week 11. So let's move on to the NFL. Let's go through the scores real quick. Uh, we got the Texans getting it done against the Jaguars, twenty-seven to twenty-five. Up next, we got the uh, Giants getting it done to some NFC East action, twenty to uh, twenty to twenty. Sorry, twenty-three to twenty was the final score against the Washington Football Team. Damn, it's it's just weird not calling them the Redskins. I know the Redskins is a derogatory term for some, but it's just so weird not calling them that. Um, take away from that game, Kyle Allen, he was actually caught off the field with a serious knee injury, um, Alex Smith had to step in for him, wasn't so much of a good showing, he did score a touchdown, but I believe he threw away like three interceptions so um, yeah, Washington is struggling, don't know what to tell y'all, sorry guys, uh, the Ravens, uh, they get a, a, you know, they get it done this week against the Colts, 24-10, to 10. of course, uh, Philip rivers had a whole bunch of shit to talk after the game he's still yeah he's still one of those guys so i don't care he needs to retire just go home uh we have the vikings getting done against the uh, the lions 34 to 20 uh, we got the bears taking a loss here to the titans 17 to 24 uh we have the chiefs getting it done just by two just by two against the panthers 33 to t- uh, 33 to 31 uh in somewhat of an upset. I would definitely say this game is an upset here. We got the Bills uh, beating the Seahawks by 10-44 to 34. Uh the Bills move to 7 and 2. The Seahawks are now 6 and 2. For the Seahawks, Russell Wilson would go 28 of 41 for 390 yards. He would have two touchdowns. He would also have two interceptions. Uh he would have a rushing touchdown though. Uh DJ Dallas will be the lead Well. Yes, he will be a leading rusher with 34, uh, 34 yards on the ground. He would have a rushing touchdown to add to that. Uh, we also got uh, DK Metcalf getting seven receptions for 108 yards. He would bring in a touchdown there. Wide uh, receiver David Moore would have four receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown. Defensive, uh, sorry, defensive back Quentin Dunbar will be the leading tackler with six total tackles. Defensive tackle Jerron Reed would have four total tackles and two and a half sacks. And Carlos Dunlap um, making an impact already. Uh, Since being traded from Cincinnati five total tackles from him. He would also get a sack Uh, Some takeaways from this game the bills have allowed 25 plus points in five games this season I believe they only had like about three of those games such games last season So again, the defense isn't what it used to be this year. It's a little off But again, they seem they seem to be getting it, you know in terms of wins They seem to be getting it done. Seattle is the first team to score 25 or more points in uh, their first eight games. So, again, uh, Seattle, uh, a lot of offense being scored this year. Not a whole lot of defense to stop anybody else's offense, but they're putting up a lot of offense. Uh, Quarterback Josh Allen, uh, he leads the league in gains with a pass and rushing touchdown. Uh, Mr. Dual Threat. I haven't seen anything like it in a while. Uh, but he's definitely improving as a passer. Uh, Josh Allen would go 31 to 38 in this game for 415 yards. He would have three touchdowns, and he would have a rushing touchdown. Zach Moss would have a rushing touchdown as well. Stephon Diggs would be the leading receiver. Um, Actually, between both teams, uh, he would have nine receptions and 118 yards. Uh, Robert receiver John Brown would also have eight receptions for 99 yards. Gabriel Davis would have four, uh, four catches for 73 yards, or 70 yards, uh, and just a touchdown. And uh, tight end Kevin Tyler. Would have a receiving touchdown as well. On defense, linebacker Tremaine Edwins would lead the way. He would have 11 total tackles and a sack. Safety Jordan Poyer he'd have 10 total tackles and a sack. And defensive back Trey White would have eight total tackles and an interception. Uh, moving on, we got the Falcons beating up on the on the Broncos. Excuse me, 34 to t- uh, 27. Uh, we got my Raiders. Uh, they get another win. Uh, this time they beat a, a conference, oh, sorry, a divisional rival in the Chargers. I always like a win like that. The Raiders move on to 5 and 3. The Chargers uh, move on to 2 and 6. 31 to 26 was the final score. Again, it's a little bit closer than what I would have liked, but I'm still gonna take the W. Derek Carr will go 13 to 23 for 165 yards. He would have two touchdowns. Uh Devontae Booker would be the leading rusher. Uh he have sixty eight yards on the ground and a touchdown. Josh Jacobs, he would have sixty-five yard uh sixty-five rushing yards and a touchdown. Hunter Renfro would be the leading receiver with sixty yards. Nelson Aguilar, uh he would have fifty-five receiving yards and a touchdown, and Titan Darren Waller would have a touchdown as well. On defense, the Raiders were led by Nick uh, Kwiatowski. He would have 13 total tackles. Defensive end, Max Crosby would have five total tackles in the sack. And safety, LaMarcus Joyner would have 12 total tackles. For the Chargers, uh, Justin Herbert still doing his thing. 28 of 42 for 326 yards. He would have two touchdowns. Kalen Balaj would be leading the way for the Chargers on the ground. 69 rushing yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver Keen- Keenan Allen would have nine receptions for 103 yards and a touchdown. Running back Gabe Neighbors would have a receiving touchdown as well. And on defense, Nasir Adderley would be the leading tackler. he would have six of them. Uh, on uh, terms of some takeaways, uh, for the Raiders, there's some world warriors this season. They're four and, uh, just four and one on the road this year. Uh, I don't believe the record is as good at home, both figure. But, again, they can get it done on the road, which is something that the Raiders have not always been able to do when on the road so that's a good that's a good stat right there i'll give him that derrick carr uh he passes La Monica for most games with two or more touchdowns in raiders history and this has been nine straight uh divisional losses for the chargers they are three and 15 in games decided by 18 points or uh, sorry eight points or less too uh Justin Her- justin herbert has passed cam newton however for most past for most passing yards through seven weeks in the NFL season. So, um there is a there is somewhat there is somewhat of a silver lining. That's all I can say. Uh at least at least uh, Justin Herbert is performing well. Uh he should be getting better as the season goes along and then as his career goes along. I think he almost has like a Justin Herbert, I mean not Justin Herbert, but he almost has like a Pat Mahomes, like Lamar Jackson type development. It almost seems like that right now where he he's going to probably go through some struggles this year just because they're trying to get a team around him. But once they kind of figure out who he is, who they can fit with him, I believe uh, they can hit the ground running, starting next season. Uh, with, uh, we all uh, we got one more, a uh, couple more games here to go over. The Dolphins they get it done against the Cardinals, thirty-four to thirty-one. We got the Steelers they come from behind to beat the Cowboys, twenty-four to nineteen. And finally, we got the Saints uh, beating the Bucks, thirty-eight. Well, actually blow, blowing them out, thirty-eight to three. The Saints move to six and two, a very quiet six and two. I haven't been talking about them in a while. And I wonder why, but they've been so quiet. Uh, they've just been plotting and taking their time, buying their time, and a blowout win like this. Drew Brees goes 26 of 32, 222 yards. He would have four touchdowns. Taysom Hill would be your leading rusher, Yeah, 54 yards on the ground. Alvin Kamara would also supply 40 and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, In terms of receiving, Michael Thomas, he's back. Five uh, catches from him and also 51 yards. Tight end Adam Troutman and Emmanuel Sanders. The ride out would have a receiving touchdown. uh, Josh Hill and Trey Kwan Smith would have receiving touchdowns as well. And Malcolm Jenkins would be the leading tackler for the team. He would have five total tackles. He'd also bring in an interception as well. And um, defensive tackle David Onyemata. And also defensive back Marcus Williams would have interceptions as well. Uh, for the Buccaneers, Tom Brady would go 22 of 38 for 209 yards. Uh, he would have no touchdowns, but he would throw three picks. Ronald Jones was just kept to nine rushing yards. Mike Evans would lead, was the leading receiver with four catches, 64 yards. Leonard Fournette and also Chris Godwin would have 41 receiving yards. A.B., uh, Antonio Brown made his first appearance since a, uh, for about a season uh, 3 catches from him 31 yards so nothing really to white home about yeah this team sucked tonight I don't know what to really say about it I, I actually had them um, I think I remember the first I think it was the first week that they played um, the Saints I said uh, they'll catch them they'll catch them the second time of the season I think this team will be much improved I don't know what to make of this. Uh, Devin White was a leading tackler for the Buccaneers, 14 total tax from, tackles from him. Uh, Shaq Barrett will go on to have a sack as well. Uh, defensively, I don't think they did all that bad. I mean, you know, um, see, we've got some takeaways here. Uh, Levante David had a fumble recovery. Um, mm-hmm. He's He has the most in the league since 2012. Uh, he has 16. Uh, Brady, oh one thing to say about Tom Brady, this is the third interception. Sorry. This is, uh, this is the third time in his entire career where he has he had three career interceptions, well, three inter- uh, interceptions in the game. Uh, but, um, this is the first time since 2011 that he's done this. And this is a period of 146 games. Um, uh, but is is it just me or do the saints just seem to have his number because five of his seven interceptions this year, have come from the Saints, so go figure. Um, it looks like the Saints have this man's number. Uh, Trey Henderson—he seems to just be getting sacks all over the place. Uh, he now—he now has seven and a half on the year, and guess what? He's only had six and a half for the past three seasons combined. So I—I I don't know what to tell you. Drew Brees still locked and loaded. He's the only QB to, uh, to beat Tom Brady twice in a regular season. He's also fourteen and five on Sunday night you know, you, yeah, um, the Saints completely fell off my radar. That's why I was not expecting a game like this. I, I thought the Bucks were going to pull this one off. I could have sworn, you know, the Bucks would have got it together. Um, that first game didn't seem to be that bad, but maybe, you know, like I said, it just seems to me like the Saints got that number. Sean Payton, he just dials it up and, uh, Drew Brees just does what he does. Uh, the, the Buccaneers really had no answers to stop the offense. Um, despite Alvin Kamara again not necessarily being a beast, but you know, the Saints find ways to put points on the board. And um yeah, now I found I'm not mistaken, now yeah, they're leading the NFC South. So there you go. Uh finally, uh let's talk about it. Um uh sorry, your man, Joe Biden, has won. Well, I'm not going to say one. I don't think that's the right word here. He's currently your president-elect. Of course, um, I think it was Friday, Saturday. They decided to give him Pennsylvania, which put him well over, you know, the 270 he needed to win. I believe he was, his final count was like 280-something, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, cause they gave him, like, Nevada and shit, too, right? Um, So, uh, of course, Trump is hot. Uh, Trump is gonna wanna, you know, he's already talking about some lawsuits, talking about he see me in court, all that type of shit. So I don't think this shit is over. Uh, there's a very good chance that this continues up until about inauguration day. If I, if I'm just throwing that out there, I don't, you know, again, it doesn't matter to me because my life is gonna continue. Uh, I'm not really interested in either one of these guys, to be honest with you. But, you know, you had to have a winner, and uh, you got your winner. Uh, do I believe in any type of voter fraud or anything like that? Um, no, and I I, I really don't. Um, I think um, polling and the the county registrars and stuff like that, um, knowing the importance of this election, I don't think that they let things go. Uh, I don't think they let certain people fall to the cracks. I don't think I think what you saw is pretty much what you got. Um, I don't think there was any type of voter fraud or anything like that. I just think people just, you know, got about the house for the first time in a while and decided it was it was important to vote. Now, um, I think that was the key for both sides, because if you look at it over, you look at it over 100 million people voted in general. So out of 300 million people. So that's a good amount of people. You know, that's almost like half. I think almost half of us voted. Uh, half of America voted. So, I mean, i think if you got over half of america voting you're gonna see a larger turn you're gonna definitely see a lot i mean it's is you're bound to see a lot of turnout for somebody else that's just the way it goes um and it wasn't like some of those races weren't close for you know and it could have went either way i mean pennsylvania was originally called for trump georgia was eventually called for trump uh and even you know um i would say biden's the vic- uh, margin of victory in georgia was very slim so it wasn't like you know and it was like oh it was funny because trump was uh, out of nowhere trump was like stop counting stop counting but he i mean he called you know he called for the stopping well i guess he was already counting for i mean i guess he was already he already wanted people to stop counting but it wasn't gonna work i mean after a while like he gave up all those leads so it wouldn't have made any sense for them to stop counting anyways because you know he would have just lost anyways because you know he didn't have those leads anymore so i mean it's i get it i get the problem um but with i mean i i guess i understand why trump would have an issue but at the same time wasn't nobody gonna be in-person voting we had all these issues going on with coronavirus so uh, of course we're gonna have an influx of mail-in ballots and all this other shit cause people like you know they're not gonna wanna you know do all that so I, I mean it seemed to me like the people voted uh, again I'm not a fan of either I didn't vote particularly for president I voted for everything else um, cause I again like I said I don't have a dog in the fight they both racist assholes to me um, I keep trying to f- you know I I'm not getting into any arguments with anybody about it and I'm not trying to I'm not gonna you know, defend either one, I won't. I bring I'm I'm liable to bring both of them down before I ever prop up one against the other. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play that game with people. Um y'all should do the homework and y'all should do the research. You know, don't be mad at people for having their own opinion and not wanting to vote, not wanting don't you know, I'm tired of people doing that to people. You know, stop making people feel bad for not wanting to be involved in stupid ass charade. This is a charade. You know, y'all y'all sat there, um and and um what y'all did was y'all, y'all faked, y'all fake feeling the burn, oh, we fuck with Bernie Sanders again, boo, 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 and y'all had, y'all had a a primary, and you didn't vote for him, and then you wanted to turn around and get mad at the Democratic Party for two or three months, like, they forced Joe Biden and Kamala Harris on you, then at the last minute, you said, oh, well, fuck it, let's just vote for him anyways, because it's not Trump, so, I mean, I don't want to hear all that shit, honestly, y'all know the nigga full of shit, yeah, I said it. You know Trump, full of shit. So I'm not gonna go into that no more. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep you know calling. (laughs) I'm not gonna keep calling the N word and just bashing them either though. Like, but at the same time, you know, do your research. Um, Personally, uh, my my personal development and, and all that is based on me being more of an entrepreneur and more into media and this type of stuff that I'm doing now. And I didn't need a Democrat or a Republican to tell me that. I didn't need a uh, president to tell me that. I didn't need a, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Obama or Trump was not there at any job interview that I ever had. They did not hire me. So I don't give a fuck about, oh, oh you know, black unemployment is down because tr- I don't believe that. It's down because I wanted to get a job. So now, that's how I feel about it. We wanted to get jobs and well, people wanted to hire. Corporations were hiring people. Now, is that because of little incentives that Trump might have gave people? Sure, whatever. Little corporations? Sure. But as far as I'm concerned, when I wanted to get a job and I really woke up in the morning and called people and put in applications and actually went out and go talk to people, then I had a job. When When I laid up and just got high every day, didn't really want to look for a job, just stayed online, just did whatever I had to do, I didn't get a job. So I'm not interested in all that Well Trump did this for me Trump did that Nobody did shit for me I'm just keeping it real I'm just uh, You know now Again Now under Obama He he increased federal funding For for secondary schools By giving out Pell Grants I didn't go to college I dropped out Who do I blame for that Do I blame Obama No Motherfuckers don't do shit and they wanna blame a president. I'm not getting into that. I am taking my my life into my own hands and I'm gonna go from there. Whoever this whoever the president is, that's fine. But I will have already been putting in my work and I that's all I care about right now. Again, this is not to be I'm not gonna keep beating them down. I'm not gonna be having all these different segments where I'm saying Trump ain't this and he really ain't nothing and same thing with Biden. No, I didn't i The thing is, I spent a whole four years of Trump talking all down about him, finding out all this stuff about him to only go out and find out all this stuff about Biden and and have my my situation change again. Again, I'm far and I've already kind of understood that this is this is a two two sides to some type of evil situation, uh, for lack of better words. I, I don't I don't. I'm, again, I don't want to say the word, yeah, it's almost like disenchanted with politics right now, not to say that I don't want to ever get involved in it or I'm done with it, but it's a lot of BS in this shit, it's a lot of BS and there's a lot of lying on both sides, it's a lot of game playing, a lot of false promises, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, when I wanted to change my, my situation, I, I believe in myself, I voted for me and i went ahead and handled it so um whatever whatever biden got to offer i i guess i'll take it if but honestly i'm putting in the work to put myself in a better place my credit score is not in where it wants to be that's my job i can't blame that on trump i can't blame that on fucking biden or obama i i made those choices you know what i'm saying so i'm gonna work on it so you know, my credit score credit score recently jumped up more than I expected. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of things that I do for myself. I mean, you know, good job Biden for you. Clap, whatever, dude. Like, but my life goes on, and I'm pretty sure y'all's do too. And um, again, I'm not I'm not letting my my personal development be contingent on who they got in the office. Just like I said, I. My personal development and my worth is not gonna be contingent on who I date, where I work, none of that. What I do with my life, y'all, because I guess what I have the opportunity to change it. I didn't like what I was doing every day. I didn't, you know, necessarily. I thought there was more to life at one point. That's why I did this. I didn't sit there all my life and blame the president, blame Obama, blame Trump. I went ahead and I did some shit about it. Yeah, I might talk some shit about Trump, but that's just me because I found my outlet in which to do it instead of just talking shit on the internet all day. You know what I'm saying? I could do that, but I might, I might as well take it and do something more constructive, right? And look what I can do with this. I've taken this platform and I've talked about sports, I've talked about the news in general, I've talked about movies and art and all type of stuff. So I, I don't, I'm not I'm not worried about whoever the president is, to be honest with you. I got my own situation to take care of, you know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, I'm, and I'm just that's how I'm riding going into this year, going into my 30th year in life, going into another year in general, um, new phases and shit, you know, in life and things you got to get used to. I, I got too much on a personal level and too much on a personal tip to be concerned about all that right now. To be honest with you, you know, like <laughs> I'm trying to take this channel to the next level. I'm trying to become a voice actor. I'm trying to become possibly a regular actor. I don't know just yet The possibilities are endless for me. I mean, for the first time, I'm kind of even embracing these things and understanding it. So, how I many I could I could care less. Again, nobody, you know, it's not like Trump was in my inbox like, yeah, you got this. Cuz make another episode, put it out for the peoples. Biden ain't been in my inbox doing that Kamala wasn't in my inbox Like hey show them peoples Tell them what it No so it's like I was I was in the mirror telling myself go ahead and record Go ahead and do it The people that listen to my show Man I fussed with that last episode I liked it or you can improve Do that blah blah la. That's what I got I don't need all this I don't you know what I'm saying I don't need no I don't need let me see. In the words of Mac Dre, I need I need you like Jaws need a raincoat. And it took me a minute to realize what he was saying. Oh, he really don't need you. Duh, nigga. Duh. So, right. I don't really need him. So, that's all I need to know. All right, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to call the rapper tonight. Um as far as the YouTube is concerned, you already know what I got working on there. Um, I got my upon for the review for Batman Forever. That's still being worked on. I'm going I'm watching the movie again, you know, watching scenes, breaking down specific scenes again. So that's gonna take a second. I'm also working on my sports stories, my second uh addition to that. This one's gonna be a little bit different. And um I like it because it's gonna be a challenging story. Um, it's gonna take me out of my comfort zone. Uh, this one deals with some uh, some violence. Um, somebody from another side, different side of the tracks, and it's gonna challenge me because it's gonna it, it's gonna challenge me in a different in a lot of different ways. It's just one of those things with subject matter. It deals with murder, for one. So um, different, you know, uh, a much more serious tone um, than I than I usually. Um, Will go into like i might have had serious discussions but i don't think something to this, this to this level and so it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for me to make sure i don't say the wrong things or i don't come off as uh pretentious or anything like that that's the main thing i don't want to do is come off as pretentious or i'm judging uh somebody so this is going to be very interesting um and this guy's give you guys a little hint more of a hint uh this story will be about a former uh miami hurricanes football player by the name of brian potter uh Ryan Potter, excuse me, excuse me, played a while back, long time ago, uh, back in the mid 2000s. Very interesting story about his background. Um, and just kind of how everything kind of devolved for him. Um, and there's a couple, um, places that i've used for some type of uh you know motivation for this and some type of sources for this so in in the in the name of those uh inspirations and kind of in the love of those inspirations and those places that have inspired me i want to do something similar so you know not exactly the same of course do my own thing of course but it's been inspired by some of these other uh stories and um type of same type of thing that i've been seeing uh, out elsewhere so look out for that that'll be out um i think that might even be out quicker than the batman review just because it's it's this this is really interesting to me and i'm almost halfway i would say i'm almost halfway with that story anyway so i'll give that some time uh, as far as the podcast is concerned um you know um i know it's going to be some college football i'm going to talk about uh oh I didn't I missed the power rankings for the NFL for week 8 or sorry week 9. Uh so I got to go through that Again, what you guys uh missed, like I said, I missed it for last week, so I gotta make up for that. I have a new. I have to have a new one out for you guys for that um so any type of news of course, that comes my way. I plan on having a word on the street segment pretty soon, so just some general news about what's going on in the nation uh probably an update on what's going on in terms of Trump and what he wants to do, what he wants to do in terms of challenging all this uh, election shit, so again. We'll be talking more about this. This ain't necessarily over per se in terms of a final result. So I'll keep you guys, you know, of course, updated on what goes on there. Uh but as far as everything else is concerned, that's it, y'all. Uh if you're looking to get in touch with me, of course, I have my uh Instagram, you can hit me up there, L seven ninety-one eljamah H seven ninety one. Also have a Facebook page as well, L Jamal Johnny E L. J A M A H A D J a n i all right y'all if anybody hasn't told you yet i love you peace out one love and i'll let you guys later